Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast. GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Pregame Podcast, sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I am GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald, and over the next hour or so, we hope to prepare you for Iowa State at Kansas State. It is the final regular season game for both teams but both teams will also be bowling but the question surrounding your Wildcats is can they make it to the Big 12 championship game will they get enough help around the conference on this weekend to get it done it's an interesting question and something we will delve into throughout the show but I'll just say Friday's games with Oklahoma and Texas both playing on Friday if both of those teams win Start making your bowl plans and cancel those reservations in Arlington. As I mentioned, we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company, and we have been for many years, and it's a great relationship. At Robbins Motor Company, they strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships, selling quality cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs, and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. It is the Cyclones and Wildcats. It's Farmageddon. Boy, I love that name. It takes place Saturday night at 7 p.m. in Bill, S- Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And if you're going to the game, bundle up. It's going to be cold. It's going to be chilly as the sun goes down across the Flint Hills. The temperatures are supposed to drop into the 20s. And as of the time of this recording, there is a very strong chance there will be snow flurries. Maybe the big fluffy kind that make you feel all happy unless you're sitting at a football game and you're cold. But there are still some tickets available if you want to venture out into the winter wonderland. That will be the bill on Saturday between two teams that typically get after each other when they play. And that's why this has become known as Farmageddon. The games are typically typically excuse me, decided by one score. Last year, it was 10-9, to a Kansas State victory in Ames. Will it be that close this year in Manhattan? Well, it's hard to tell because Kansas State is playing really, really good football at home. And Iowa State, as typical, plays really good defense. This has been a masterful coaching job by Matt Campbell. I'm usually critical of Coach Campbell because I sometimes think he gets too much credit, but he deserves all the credit in the world this year for what he's done. A program and a state really rocked by a gambling scandal involving student athletes at both Iowa State and Iowa took out Iowa State's quarterback and they have 
subbed in a freshman, and he has thrived. We'll get into all that with Ryan Wallace in the second segment. And coming up shortly, we'll have Brian Hanley to set the stage for this game and what it means for the Wildcats. And he's going to kind of break down how the Cats are playing right now coming out of that victory at Kansas. And, of course, the Cats are 8-3 and three on the season and 6-2 and two in the conference, looking to get to nine wins and seven and two, which would leave them at the very worst tied for a second if they can win the tiebreakers. Of course, then they would go to Arlington to play what we assume would be Texas unless they too lose. I guess there's a scenario where Texas may not make it, but it's too confusing to explain. Iowa State is six and five and five and three. They have really righted themselves within Big 12 play after a really painful non-conference loss. We'll see how that all sets up. The final segment is always for Ryan Gilbert. we got a full slate of games starting with those two Friday games on national TV. So there'll be some fun watching on Black Friday. And of course, you have an NFL game this year, too, to consume. But as Big 12 fans, we typically watch the Big 12 games. So we'll see how uh, Friday plays out because it's so important for the Cats. But we're going to preview K-State and Iowa State as if everything is on the table. But first, here is your reminder that we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast. The stakes are high for the Cats as they play host to the Cyclones. And during our pregame show, we'll talk to Chris Kleiman just in a moment. And then we'll talk to the center, Aiden Gillum, who came back for the sixth season to play one more. And then we will talk to QB1, Will Howard, in our final segment as he maybe winds down his K-State career. Remember, he does have his COVID season available. And when asked about that later in this interview, you will hear, uh, he declined to comment saying, you know, that's for decision for on down the road. He's focused on Iowa State, as are we. So let's get going. And here is my conversation on Tuesday with Kansas State football coach Chris Kleiman leading up to the Cats and Clones in Farmageddon Saturday night, 7 p.m. Oh, and if you're watching at home, it's on Fox. And on the other side of Coach Cly is my guy, Brian Hanley. Iowa State was picked for lower part of this conference, and they've really shown to be a good football team. What do they do that is troublesome? Um don't believe everything you, you hear and, and see early in the season because uh, I'll tell you another team, and that was uh, West Virginia. And I saw Neil at, at Big 12 Media Day, and I said, Neil, you're going to surprise a lot of people. You're going to have a dang good football team. And he kind of smiled at me, and, and Neil's having a heck of a year. And I just – I know the way um, – Matt coaches. I know the way Matt develops guys at, at, at Iowa State. Uh, I've got so much respect uh, for Coach Haycock on the defensive side. They just do such good things on both sides, and they never beat themselves. They're sound in what they do. They're really good on special teams. They don't give the ball away. They take it away. They make you earn everything, um, and then they can methodically – put drives together and keep your defense on the field. They've got big play capabilities with a number of running backs uh, and wide receivers. And um, you can tell just how much those guys have improved. And uh, uh, they play they play hard. I mean, that's this is going to be a physical game. These two teams are two of the more physical teams in the league. 
Is that why so many of these Farmageddon games are so competitive? It comes down to physical play? Yeah, I think that's a big thing. And it doesn't matter if it's a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game like last year. Um, typically, it comes down to a possession or two. And um, it, uh, it is. It's going to be physical, and we've got to tackle really well, and we've got to block and get off blocks well. You went to a young offense coordinator two years ago. They did it this season. Uh, and it seems to be something that's going on in college football, a lot of younger OCs. Uh, what are the advantages of that, and why is this occurring? Um, I never thought of it like that. Um, I could see somebody as old as you would think of it like that. Um, so, uh, you know, I, probably relatability as much as anything. And, you know, I, I – he had him on his staff. I had CK on the staff, so I just saw the interaction with athletes on a daily basis. Um, and uh, it's it's all about relationship building and then uh, being a great leader. That was head coach Chris Kleiman preparing you for Kansas State and Iowa State. On Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, that game, of course, kicks off at 7 p.m. It's going to be chilly. Get wrapped up. Snow's in the forecast but it could be a fun football game. A little bit later in this podcast, we will have Hayden Gillum, Kansas State's center, as he goes into senior day. But for now, we bring in our own offensive lineman, Brian Hanley. Of course, he played on those 97 and 98 Kansas State teams, and I, I just saw a great picture of you. You were the left guard for Michael Bishop. You were Bishop's BB, weren't you? Yeah, I don't know if I was as good as BB, but I was out there. I was out there. <laughs> yeah, fun times. I, I just remember that team so fondly. 25 years ago. How, how, how come you're still in your 30s? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I wish. Man, that is incredible. We were. I was talking about that the other day. I'm like, that was 25 years ago. I'm like, where does the time go, man? Where does uh, it, it go? It's incredible. It really is. This is a pretty good K-State team. It didn't compare to the 98 team. In my book, nothing compares to the 98 team in K-State football history. But this has been an interesting season for K-State. So close, and yet they find themselves needing a, a large amount of help on this final weekend of Big 12 football to get back to Arlington to defend their Big 12 championship. They're still in play. The odds are against them. Uh, but at 9-3, and three, and as I've said many times, three losses by a total of 14 points, this has been an interesting ride this season, hasn't it been? It has. It has. Um, I, you know, at the beginning of the season, I think a lot of people, if you look back or, and think, oh, man, we lost three games, a lot of people would be disappointed. They thought K-State would be would, would have won more. But then you look at it, it's like, it's just like you said, three games, 14 points. It's like, man. And then, then you really look back, it's like, Missouri's really good. We don't, we, I know a lot of K State fans don't necessarily want to admit it. I'm one of those, but Missouri's really good. Yep. And Texas is really good, you know, and Oklahoma State may not be really good, but they're a pretty good football team, man. So they didn't lose to anybody that, oh man, no, there's no way we should have lost that game. No, these guys, and they were all on the road and they were in the game and all of this. So, you know, three losses, it stinks, but at the same time, uh, K-State's still a good football team, and they lost to some good football teams. Yes, they did. Iowa State is probably, interestingly enough, the best Big 12 team to come to Bill Snyder Family Stadium this year. Let's just be honest. Yeah. They're they're routing everyone in the Bill, but maybe the best team to visit the Bill has been Troy earlier in mm -hmm. the season. Troy is uh, 
probably going to play in the Sun Belt Championship. But uh, Iowa State comes in as a team that is rarely routed. Um, they they just play really close games. Even last year when they struggled, these games were close. K-State won 10-9. They build this thing around defense. Matt Campbell has built a Big Ten West program uh, in the Big 12. That's essentially the way they play. I, I don't always enjoy watching Iowa State play, but I have a damn lot of respect for how tough they are to knock out. And the move to Rocco Beck, at quarterback, uh, yeah. once Hunter Deckers was removed from the team for the gambling allegations investigation, um, this has been a brilliant move. This has been a good coaching job by Matt Campbell. It has. It has. And, you know, three games in, I'm yeah. sure the pitchforks were out and they got to get rid of them. Got to get rid of them. I'm sure all Iowa State fans were thinking the exact same thing. Get them out of here. And a little patience. And, you know, it, it's tough to lose your starting quarterback. Whether you think he's good or not, it's tough to lose that guy right, right. before the season. Not, hey, he got hurt or something like that. That stinks. Don't get me wrong. But for him to be removed and under the circumstances and the turmoil, because if he was doing it, the next question is, who else was doing it? It's a problem. So that I'm sure they had to, to dig in and try to figure out. So I think this is maybe Matt Campbell's best coaching job fits that he's done while he's been at Iowa State. I agree. I, I thought they would be really bad. They lost a lot of really good players last mm -hmm. year on top of the fact that they struggled. Um, but here they are. They, they seem to be thriving this season. They're not great, but, boy, they compete. And that's the, the hallmark of Iowa State football. They're going to punch you in the face. Yes. Even if they're out, man, they're going to punch you in the face and you're going to know they're on the field with you. And I've, uh, as I said, I have a lot of respect for that brand of football they play. Can K-State consistently move the ball against this Iowa State defense? They, Texas struggled last week. Yeah, they did. Uh, it, it, it'll be a struggle. It'll be a fight. I think K-State can move it. Now, there's going to be some opportunities where Iowa State, they're going to have some three and outs on us. It's just the way that they play football. Uh, but we got to be a little bit more consistent. We got to you know, add in some, maybe some things that they haven't seen. I mean, look, I know it's the last game of the year, but you're never, you're never done learning. You're never done moving in, in, in football. So they're always adding things in, throw a couple of wrinkles in that maybe they haven't seen to be able to run the football, get the football down the field more, take more shots. Uh, I think those are all things that Kansas state is going to have to do and needs to do to be able to win the game. It's senior day. What do you remember? What do you remember of your senior day? Um, mine was, I mean, it, it was a long time ago, number one. Uh, 98, we were playing Nebraska. K-State hadn't beaten Nebraska since 19, I think it was 69 or 68, one of the two. Um, and it was the biggest game that anybody had ever talked about in K-State history, supposedly. And to me, I just couldn't wait to get to the game. Yeah, You know, the, the they announced my name before, and I said this on the Insiders, and I'll say it again. They announced my name before the game, and I thought that was cool because as an offensive lineman, that never happened. And I thought, okay, you know, this is all right. Yeah. But once they did it, I'm like, okay, man, I'd look back, and there was a, still a bunch of guys that they had to announce. I'm like, let's get to the game. Let, let's get this thing going, you know. And so I think the guys, they love the, the pomp and circumstance and – getting your name announced, all of that is extremely cool. But after that, it's like, okay, let's get to some football. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and this will be interesting football. Um, 
because it's going to be chilly. It's going to, as of we this recording, the forecast is in the 20s, and it seems like the chances of snow are growing, um, and it looks like it's going to be a fairly heavy snow. Uh, maybe accumulation will be later in the night, but it could be one of those you know big, fat, wet snows that have fallen on the field. Did you ever play in those type of conditions? Not at K-State. No, never played in a snow game. When I went to Coffeeville, we had one, and it was, I mean, here's the thing about snow. It, it's, I would rather play in snow than if it's cold. Right. Because when it's snowing, it's not like it's 15 degrees out or anything like that. That's not the case. You know, you can't, it doesn't snow like that. Yeah. So snow is okay. I would much rather play that than when it's cold or rainy or icy. That is absolutely okay. miserable. Just miserable. So I take snow all day. Well, it could be interesting. I, Brian, I, I really don't know what to expect from this game because K-State has been so good at home. And Iowa State, um, no matter what, they, they seem to compete with the Wildcats. I, I don't know if this will be another one-possession game or K-State's going to jump on them. I'm just fascinated Again, like you just said, to get to the game and see what happens. It, I don't understand how these two teams fit together and how that will play out on the field. Well, uh, I, I, I think K-State is going to come out fast. I mean, they've come out fast just basically every single yeah. game this year, except for maybe one or two. And I think they're going to do it again. I think if Iowa State doesn't match that same energy – I think K-State is just going to continue to roll because you know how we are. We'll put our foot down on the gas and we'll not let up. We just won't. That's not what we do at home. We, we don't let off the gas. And so Iowa State's going to have a fight on their hand if they do not come out and, and try to stop some of the momentum that we're going to come out with. On the flip side of that, I think K-State has to do that. I think they just need to come out with guns blazing and put their pedal to the metal and just try to take Iowa State out of the game as quickly as possible. Not that Iowa State's going to quit, so I'm not right. trying to say that. I just think K-State can take them out because as good as their defense is, I'm not sure their offense can hang if K-State starts putting up a bunch of points. I don't believe Iowa Agreed. State's offense is going to be able to do that. I totally agree with that. In some ways, the Kansas game uh, last week – is a script for Iowa State maybe to try to replicate and K-State to avoid. They started fast. It looked like it was going to be a typical K-State, you know, put the hammer down early, and Kansas State just couldn't get rid of KU. They kept coming back, yeah. and, and honestly, KU gave them a lot of stuff that was almost impossible to prepare for because uh, they just threw a bunch of stuff at them. It was really effective. I expect maybe the same from Iowa State. What the hell do you got to lose at this point? It's the last game of the regular season. You're going to a bowl game. Uh, why not open that up a little bit and have some fun with it? Yeah, I think that'll happen. Um, Iowa State will empty the playbook. And I think K-State should empty the playbook as well. Amen. It's just what you said. Last game of the regular season, you're going to a bowl game. There may be some things still in play for K-State, but it, let's just be realistic about that. That is so far beyond what I think any K-State, any realistic K-State fan or any fan thinks can happen. So empty the playbook and go have some fun and go play some football. I think both sides should do that. Play as hard as you can on defensive side. Bring tons of pressure. Make the offense react to you. Just see what happens, man. Don't be conservative. There's no reason to be conservative. No reason. Nope, I agree. It'll be a fun one. 
Brian, uh, how do you feel about this game overall for K-State? Do you think they're going to – it's, you know, basically a nine-and-a-half, ten-point spread, which is interesting because, again, it's hard to beat Iowa State by more than one score. Um, how do you think this game will play out? I think it'll play out probably like that. Uh, I think K-State will win by maybe 13, 14 points, um, something of that nature. I think they get a late score to push the margin up a little bit at the end. Uh, but I think the game will be fairly close. Like I said, Iowa State's going to fight. They are right. going to fight. Uh, and, and that's not to say that K-State doesn't have a bunch of fighters either. I just When you have a team that fights and maybe are undermanned, which I think Iowa State is undermanned, but when you just come out and you continuously fight and fight and fight, sometimes that makes you better than what you actually are. And I think we, we've seen that a little bit out of Iowa State. And good for them. Like I said, it's been an outstanding coaching job that they've yeah. done. But I just think K-State is just a better football team. They're at home, and that's going to rule the day. One more before we wrap this up. Uh, the Friday games are going to tell fans a lot about what what's yes. at stake on Saturday. Uh, as I've mentioned and will mention again, Oklahoma and Texas win. You're not playing in the Big 12 Championship, Kansas Correct. State. You didn't earn the right. Um, if one of them loses, there's still something at stake. Certainly if Texas loses – a Kansas State win will mean they'll at least have a tiebreaker to decide things. We'll see how that goes. If uh, Texas and Oklahoma win on Friday, any chance of an emotional letdown for Kansas State that finally their Big 12 championship repeat hopes are done and maybe they're a little flat? Um, There's a possibility, but again, kind of what we talked about previously on the insiders, there's a lot of maturity on this football team, and nobody wants to go out losing your last home game. Right. Of, of number one, as a senior of your career, but number two, of the season. So I don't think that there will be a huge letdown. There may be some disappointment, for sure. For sure, there'll be disappointment. But as far as a letdown on the field, I don't think that we're going to see that. I don't think we'll see that. I, I would hope not. Um, I think K-State knows that having this unbeaten schedule at home is kind of important. It's been a while. Um, I, I was just looking that it's not been done very often at K-State, which is interesting. Uh, but there was a three-year run of getting it done, and you played on two of those teams. So uh, <laughs> you you didn't lose at home when you were playing K-State, which is pretty cool. He is Brian Hanley. He is one of our football analysts at Go Power Cat, and I appreciate it so much. Make sure you check out his content at his own YouTube channel, Big B Sports Talk. And also, as he mentioned, he's part of our cast on the Insiders every Monday live here on our YouTube channel. We have a lot of fun with it. Tim Everson, Glenn Kinley, and the two of us. Uh, so make sure you check that out. We'll do at least two more this football season. We'll see how it plays out, Brian. And that's it. Thanks. For this segment of the Powercat pregame podcast on the other side, we're going to talk to Will Howard and wrap things up talking sports betting and all the lines around the Big 12 Conference with Ryan Gilbert. We're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company, and we shall return. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Pregame Podcast, sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. One segment behind us, so much more to come, including our Ryan Wallace to break down the Cyclones and Wildcats and really kind of lock in on Iowa State as he does in all of these, but he is also our recruiting expert. And that's so important in this game because there are a lot of players on this Iowa State team that K-State courted and really wanted. And Wally will surely get into a lot of that. Iowa State, K-State kickoff at 7 p.m. on Saturday night at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And remember, we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. The dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, longstanding title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. We have Wally awaiting in the wings here, but first we need to talk to the center, Hayden Gillum. It'll be his second senior day. He walked through it last year but knew he was probably coming back. This will indeed be his final home game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And Hayden and his quarterback, Will Howard, who we'll talk to in a little bit, are so important to this K-State team. After all, Hayden Gillum has to snap the ball. Without Hayden Gillum, the ball would sit there on the field and be really boring. I think he's kind of important. Hayden Gillum's one of my favorite Wildcats, and you're about to find out why. He's a Kansan through and through. He always says what's on his mind, and he's going to miss this place. Let's get going here. Aiden Gillum, Kansas State Center. Does senior day mean a lot to you? Yeah, it, it does. Um, I think it's hitting a little harder this year. Last year I knew in the back of my mind that I had the option to come back. Um, so you knew, like, if you got to that day and you're like, man, I want to come back again. But this is really it, and I just got off the phone. I think I'm just trying to take it all in. You know, even this week of practice, you really realize that your days are limited here with these guys, and um, it's going to be special. I always find it a little weird when senior day – isn't your last game mm-hmm. so this is kind of cool i mean this yeah. is literally the last game of the season until a bowl but yeah yeah no it's awesome and what better way to wrap it up than here in the bill with with everyone and um it's it's been such an amazing year and i'm just i'm just excited to have one more opportunity here i'm so fortunate that i've been able to have this extra year that a lot of people haven't got but um it, it's going to be great i think the atmosphere is going to be great and iowa state's always a good challenge as well so why has this team been so good at home I think just um, one is just, I mean, the atmosphere and the energy that guys have played with. Um, you know, I, I don't know specifically, but it's been something that I don't know, what, like 2012 and 99 maybe somebody said was the last time that we've had the opportunity to be undefeated at home. So, And we've won in pretty good fashion each home game. So it, it's been fun. Um, anytime you can play like we have in front of our fans, it, it makes for a fun weekend. And Dave what Dave Wood has made it um, so special to have them here and the support. So um, we're looking forward to another one. Well, I tell you what, Ryan Wallace, this is going to be interesting. It's always good when Farmageddon goes down. It, it just is. It's just fun. Um, and uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. But you pointed something out as we were beginning to start this this segment that there's a lot of players on this Iowa State team that K-State recruited and failed with. Yeah. And it's, it's very interesting to me that after those recruiting successes head-to-head with Kansas State, Iowa State uh, comes in here, uh, you know, kind of fighting to – get that seventh win to look better um and it's it's just fascinating to me what k-state's done with the talent they did get 
Yeah. And I, you know, it, this has become kind of a, uh, I don't know. I mean, when I was in college fits and, and even before then, I remember, you know, the Iowa state game was of some particular uh, importance, you know, more so maybe than you know, when you played Texas tech or Baylor or something like that, but this rivalry, it seems like maybe ever since the, the, the whole Farmageddon name came around and, and maybe the arrowhead games that, that were kind of down to the wire it's really taken on like another notch in, in terms of like hatred for one another. Uh, and so I'm always, at least the last couple of years, I'm always kind of careful when K-State fans want to nag on Iowa State too hard because I want to say, yeah, but there are a lot of players on that team that K-State would love to have. So, you know, you can slander the coaches and, and maybe talk bad about, you know, that our coaches could develop better than those coaches. You can have that debate. But, you know, before you get into the talent on talent, be careful what you say because, yeah, Matt Campbell's staff has, um, you know, made a living the last maybe I, at least three to four years uh, really stinging K-State. And, you know, some have come back to bite Kansas State. Some haven't. Um, but, yeah, especially on on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, I, you start going through the, the depth chart uh, along, you know, the offensive line or the defensive line. There's a handful of guys, more so reserves, that K-State – really uh you know targeted and and made priorities uh in their recruiting classes but gosh you look at the linebackers and it's the name after name will mclaughlin carson willich uh jack sadowski you go into the secondary there's miles purchase there's uh bo freeler there's uh jeremiah cooper uh the list goes on and on so yeah they'll it's always interesting when these two teams clash because you kind of get to see okay who was a recruit that you know you would have loved to have seen in purple you know, who's panned out and maybe who hasn't. So, yeah, fascinating game for me as the recruiting analyst here. Yeah, there's one receiver that every time I see him play, I'm thinking, what if? Mm-hmm. What Another if? one. Yep. Uh, how important is Jalen Noel, Noel Boone to this team? Well, uh, I've covered Jalen since he was a sophomore at Park Hill. He's from the Kansas City Metro. And even back then, you could just see, similar to a Luke Grimm, um, who was quieted by Kansas State a week ago for KU, another KC Metro guy, in that they're both just crafty route runners. Um, And he's really taken his game, it seems like, to the next level, which surprises me because he's doing it with a first-year quarterback. You know, if this was still Hunter Decker's under center – you would be like, okay, I get why Jalen Knowles, you know, taking his game to the next level, but he's doing it with Rocco Becht. Um, and, and he really has been uh, the guy, it seems like, for Iowa State this year. They went into the transfer portal, which is rare, Fitz. If you uh, look at the depth chart, I think there's only one guy on offense and defense that Iowa State's going to start that was a transfer portal ad, and that's the other receiver, Higgins, that they picked up from Eastern Kentucky. Um, and so they've sprinkled Higgins in a little bit, but it's really been Noel who's – been their guy and uh, not only in in the receiving element fits but also on special teams as a return man um, he's kind of the guy you know I, it's interesting this offense kind of runs and and is predicated a lot on what they get out of their tight end position not all that different from Kansas State um, as we've seen Ben Sennett has kind of um, been the the guy that stirs the drink um, when when Will Howard needs a play it's it's been Ben Sennett all year long same kind of can kind of be said, I think, for Iowa State when they've had their offense firing uh, at, on all cylinders this season. It seems to be because they've got their tight ends working. But in terms of receivers, it's been Jalen Knoll. And he's a guy that can win underneath and he can win over the top. 
no doubt he'll be a guy that Kansas State um, will will definitely target. Because like I said, when you look at the receiving group, it's a very young group for Iowa State. Um, and he's still kind of a, a, a younger guy too with Noel. But um, I, I think he's the guy that for sure you want to uh, maybe not double cover, but definitely know where he's at at all times before the snaps um, made. I feel like if you have a quarterback named Rocco, Rocco backed. You yeah. pretty much defined you're a blue collar offense. And this is this kid has really started to turn the corner. He's a he's a playmaker. He struggled early, but uh their success is because this kid has grown into the job as a redshirt freshman. He's got some moxie to him. Yeah, and like and it. coming in um to this season, back in the offseason in the spring, um, when everything started to go down with the gambling scandal and you know, Hunter Decker's involvement in that. Um, you, I started checking around with some Iowa State folks because, as the, again, as a recruiting analyst, naturally I thought, well, this is J.J. Cole's job to lose then now, right? Because he was kind of their Avery Johnson in this coming class, in the 2023 class. He's a true freshman. He's 6'6". He was an Elite 11 guy, big arm, um, tall, uh, great vision. So I, I naturally thought, well, it's got to be J.J. Cole. And then you kept hearing through the spring and summer, yeah, Cole might have – some of the better intangibles in terms of the physical tools, but this Rocco Beck guy has the locker room behind him. He's a guy that commands the offense, knows the playbook well, and can again really rally the team. And we've seen that this season. He's not perfect. He tries to, you know, it seems like when things either aren't working or maybe are, are working well, he kind of gets ahead of himself and thinks he can maybe do some things that he can't do. And so Again, there he's not without you know his mental miscues, but I'm with you, Fitz. I've been really impressed at you know the again kind of the moxie that he has and his ability to keep Iowa State in games that it seems like you would expect them to fade, particularly with a redshirt freshman under center. Yeah, it's uh, it's been impressive that they they score enough to win, uh, and they often don't have to score much because that defense remains. Built to last, and yeah. if you play good defense, you're going to be in games. They were last week when they kind of made Texas struggle a little bit. This won't be easy going for K-State to move the ball against this defense. No, not at all. And, I mean, uh, them getting Jeremiah Cooper back at free safety has been so huge for this defense. Um, missed a couple games with injury, and if you watch them early in the year, and then uh, I think this last week against Texas, he was back as well. Uh, and he'll be, like, full strength, I think, for K-State now. Um, he's remarkable. And again, an offer that K-State wanted um, a guy that they had tabbed to make an official visit. And he ends up taking the official visit like a week or two before Manhattan to Ames, and it was done. And I think K-State would have loved to have you know, gotten a rebuttal in that recruitment because we've seen um, Jeremiah really blossom. But um, there's, this secondary is really active fits. They've got a guy, TJ Tampa, um, on the corner who – is going to be an NFL draft pick and right. probably a day one, day two kind of draft pick, just a phenomenal athlete with great length. Um, and then you, you've got miles purchase on the other side. And then again, some ball hawking safeties. One thing that's interesting is it sounds like um, they're unsure right now, as we tape this of whether or not Malik Verdon is going to go. Uh, he's a sophomore for them that kind of plays their bandit safety. Um, and uh, you know, if he can't go, they'll have, uh, ben Nickel out there, who's actually a native Kansan, a guy that Iowa State was able to get to walk on for them. Um, I, I don't know if it's a huge dip, but I again, from a communication standpoint, 
I think, you know, offensive line is huge for communication. I think the secondary is huge. So it'll, it could be a little bit of an adjustment if they don't have him, but getting back to, you know, what you're talking about with this defense, John Haycock has just done a phenomenal job getting these underclassmen to figure out his scheme and, and play uh, within it. When you look at the depth chart on offense, Freshmen and sophomores, there are 16 guys on the depth chart this week for Iowa State that are freshmen, redshirt freshmen, or sophomores. On defense, 17 freshmen, redshirt freshmen, and sophomores. That's crazy. An incredible job that they're doing in Ames. And I like like I said, uh, I, I can't remember. Uh, you know, I'm having a brain fart here. It's only been, what, five minutes that we've been on, and I can't even remember what I said in the first segment. I don't know if this has been mentioned or not, um, but I'll echo it again. There's – there's some sentiment in Ames fits that this might be Matt Campbell's and his staff's best job that I they've done so. coaching. Um, you can make that argument. Um, and, and again, this is a team fits. What's scary about what this defense is doing is what I just mentioned. This is a group that should be there for several more years. <laughs> and you're seeing what they're doing in 2023. This is a group that could do it again in 24 could do it again in 2025. Um, but again, to answer your question, um, I guess getting back to what they do well, they don't, they kind of remind me in some ways of Kansas State up front and their front seven. Um, they're not great at like naturally generating a lot of pressure, but they're really stout against the run and they have an incredible motor. And then you look at the back half, and again, it's uh, kind of similar to K State in the way that they attack the ball. They'll get beat sometimes, um, but uh, just again, great effort, great energy, um, good playmake, playmaking ability, and they've, created some turnovers this year if you were offensive coordinator how would you go about defeating this defense you know I think you'd have to test the run initially um, because K-State's been so strong at it Um, you know why go against what's been working and so I I would obviously start out that first series and um, see okay let's go strength for strength and and kind of see what happens here Um, but after that um, I kind of like uh, some of the the tight ends here um, you know, whether it's Garrett Oakley, whether it's Ben Sennett, um, to try and create some mismatches. Uh, again, I, I feel like there's some really good linebackers for Iowa State, but they're young. And I think they're also probably better equipped to handle the run than maybe they are in coverage. And so I, I like uh, whether it's uh, the, the tight ends or even maybe the running backs out of the backfield, getting DJ Giddens a couple more targets, getting Treshawn Ward a couple more targets out of the backfield, uh, or, or maybe getting some of these guys, whether it's Keegan Johnson's very good at it, running some underneath routes, right? Um, I think that could be an area that Colin Klein exploits that could then open up you know, that, that over-the-top aspect for a guy like Jace Brown or... Uh, maybe even open up the running game a little bit with some counters and getting to the outside. But I, I like, again, the underneath routes, kind of those mid-level passing routes, and maybe seeing if you could get the tight ends open. Because I think if there's a mismatch that could be exploited here, it could be with these linebackers in coverage. I agree. I agree with all that. Um, it, it looks to me, and I don't mean this as an insult, but it kind of is. <laughs> Matt Campbell has built a Big Ten West team. He's built just like those teams. Great defense, okay on offense, low-scoring games, let's win football games. Um, I I don't think that's sustainable in the Big 12 because you get so many more powerful offenses that are going to just simply outscore you, um, maybe by three points or touchdown. 
maybe close, but you're still losing. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I just don't feel like he has enough offense to go with this defense. The one area when you talk about the Big Ten kind of comparison that I, I feel like Iowa State continues to struggle with, and it's kind of been an Achilles heel, it seems like, for the last several years is that offensive line. Yeah. Um, and they've rotated, I think, shuffled some things with assistant coaches there. Um, and it's still kind of a work in progress. And again, it's it's a young group. This is might be as young of a roster, um, especially the guys that are on the field that Iowa State's ever had. Um, but that's one area when you talk about kind of building that Big Ten-esque type of team that, you know, they wouldn't fare well in the Big Ten is in the trenches. On defense, I think, again, they've got – some guys that are tenacious and they never give up. They've got good motor, which would fit well. But offensively, I look at a guy like Jared Hufford, um, who has 31 career starts on the offensive line. And then you go down to kind of the next most seasoned guys. There are three offensive linemen on the line that are expected to start with him on Saturday night. And combined, they have 33 career starts. So, I mean, that tells you the disparity in terms of just how seasoned that that group is. And again, even when they've had an experienced offensive line in, in years past, it just hasn't developed. And you've seen that in some of their rushing statistics too. But um, one other area fits that I wanted to touch on that you kind of led into a little bit there that I don't know is sustainable. And again, maybe it's worked this year, but it's interesting when I look at Iowa State and Baylor, why one program is kind of trending up or at least positively and the others negatively because they're both not really investing as much it seems like to me from an outsider in nil and the transfer portal i already mentioned there's only one guy for iowa state and higgins that is a transfer ad that will be a significant player on saturday i would expect baylor was kind of the same way they had a couple more transfers but um you know again it seems like aranda and campbell are taking that old snyder approach of developmental, right? Getting right. freshmen and guys and building those guys up. And the only thing I can think of fits, and again, it kind of goes back to what we kicked this, this whole topic off with of recruiting is Campbell has identified guys and taken guys from areas similar to Kleiman and Snyder, where they have that chip on their shoulder, where they're guys that are a little bit from areas that are under the radar and, yeah. and th they will give max effort and they're high character guys and they're used to overcoming some adversity. Whereas Baylor makes their living with Texas guys um, that maybe aren't used to the adversity and stuff. And that's the only thing maybe I can think of, but it's interesting when I watch Iowa state, I'm like, why are they doing things that Baylor is not? Because they both seem to be a little bit behind in the transfer portal game and in the NIL game. And yet here the Cyclones are. So on that hand, kudos to Matt Campbell. Uh, I'm also struck by the matchup of um, there's a trend in college football towards young offensive coordinators. Mm, and both yeah. of these programs have young offensive coordinators that seem to have head coach written on them. I love Nate Shieldhouse. Um, and I thought it was interesting listening to him. I, I did not know this, that, um, he was actually interviewed by Colin Klein before he joined Iowa State. And it was when Colin was still that one year stint that he was at Northern Iowa. Um, they had an opening. Nate Shieldhouse was in, apparently involved in that interview process. And Colin Klein was actually the one that interviewed Nate Shieldhouse. Uh, and uh, if Colin Klein were to ever move on, Nate Shieldhouse would be a guy that I would probably rally around to, you know, maybe step in his place um, because he's a he's a terrific recruiter. 
um, especially in Wichita and Kansas City area where he's from. And like you said, Fitz, I think he's he's a guy that wants to modernize Iowa State. You know, right. for for them being built like a Big Ten team, if you watch them this year when Nate Shihas really starting to, I think this is his first year, first full year as the offensive coordinator, you can see elements where I think once he gets some of these underclassmen where they are understanding his playbook and he gets his feet a little bit more wet as a play caller and figuring out in-game things, um, I think that you're going to see this offense maybe adapt and evolve from kind of what you were talking about as being more similar to kind of a Big Ten approach. He He's a lot more similar to Colin Klein. I just, I'm not sure he has the veterans on that side of the ball yet to really maximize his playbook the way he wants. Yep, it's going to be an interesting sub story to what could be a very good game. K-State's favored by nine and a half or ten, depending on when the book uh you know, what you're seeing at that moment. Does K-State get that cover? <sighs> I know. It's tough. Well, and here's why it's tough for me, and I wrote about this earlier in the week on on Go Power Cat. Uh, only twice in the past 16 seasons has this game had a margin of victory exceed 13. <laughs> you know, crazy. and 11 of the past 16 have been one-score games, and four of those 11 were by a field goal or less. So, yeah, we're talking three points or less. Um, K-State, I think the senior class is really motivated. And I think, you know, having this whole tiebreaker scenario, which I'm not going to get you started on, Fitz. No, don't Folks don't, can don't. go listen to the to the Go Power Cat podcast um, earlier if they, if they want to hear you go off on that tangent. But I think having that as motivation um, and, again, having this kind of as a, as a rivalry game, right? It's not Baylor that comes at the end. I mean – this team won this roster and this staff likes to beat Iowa state. Um, I think that that motivates them where as much as, you know, history says, don't go over 13. What would you say? The line is nine and a half, nine and a half. Yeah. As much as I don't want to go that high. I think that there's something brewing here and the way that K state has played at home this season, I think they will get it done. You know, it, 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 it will take every bit, of, of, you know, effort from K-State. It, it's not going to be, I think, the bludgeoning that we've seen for most of the season in Manhattan. But I, I'll i go out on a limb, Fitz, and say that this team is motivated enough uh, coming off of KU and, again, continues to find themselves and continues to get better week in and week out. I think they will cover this game. I'm going to write this down. In November of 2023, Ryan Wallace showed some optimism. <laughs> I, I am not that guy and here nope, we are nope here we are and there we go ryan wallace i appreciate it so much thanks fitz and after this break we will bring in another guy who often picks against kansas state it is ryan gilbert our betting <laughs> expert uh preceded by an interview i'm so confused right now i don't know who it is we'll be back on the Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by robbins motor company GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. 
Welcome back to the PowerCap pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. Two segments are down, only one to go. Look, paradise can't go on forever. Ask Ryan Gilbert, who's about to join us to talk about sports betting this weekend with Big 12 games. Yeah, Gills was just in paradise. He covered basketball in the Bahamas, and he had to come back to us. It ends. But this podcast will live on forever. I have no idea what that means. Hey, make sure you are considering Robbins Motor Company next time you need to purchase a vehicle. They're just wonderful people, wonderful service, and uh, it's a place that I enjoy shopping for cars at because it's low pressure, great service, gotta love it. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, the ongoing, never-ending sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Well, Will Howard is entering probably his final game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And part of this interview that we've clipped here uh, included a question about would he be back for next year because he still does have that COVID season available. And he steered around that. And I honestly don't know if he knows what he wants to do. And I suspect he might even be considering transferring for that final year because the shadow being cast by Avery Johnson is large particularly among the fan base. And even though Will is set one significant record in career touchdown passes and he's closing in on the single season record, he might get that in this game. He will tie it with two and pass it with three. It's been an up and down season, but boy, has he been up leading the Wildcats ever since that loss to Texas, a heartbreaking loss. Will Howard's been pretty good. Wasn't his best at Kansas, but boy, he rose to the occasion and got it done. Let's turn it over to K-State coverage legend, D. Scott Fritchin, to ask some questions of QB1, Will Howard, and then let's dig into sports betting around the Big 12 football schedule with Gills right after this big quarterback says some really nice things. What's going to be run through your head on Saturday? So many emotions. A lot of emotions. And, uh, you know, all that this place is, has meant to me and um, a lot of these seniors and guys that, um, you know, will be running out there for our for their last time. Um, yeah, it'll be emotional. But um, we want to we wanna go out on a good note. So we're, we're going to be locked in and ready to go. What's made the senior class so good? Um, man, that's a, that's a good question. I think... A lot of what makes this senior class and, and all the guys that will be out there on senior night special is um, all the things that we've been through together. And, you know, going through a, a tough season like 2020 and, and rebuilding in 21 and winning a Big 12 championship in 22 and and having, you know, <laughs> kind of an up and down year this year and, and being so close, like, man, like we've we've been through so many things together and we've leaned on each other and we love each other so much and that's special and you know that that bond that we have like it's gonna last for the rest of our lives and it, it truly will like I know when we all come back in in 10 years and celebrate our you know our reunion hopefully you know a lot of us are still playing ball in the, in the league but um, you know I know that we're that 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 relationship, those that love that we have, is gonna it runs deep and it's going to for forever. You no, know, it's hard to win in college football, but you guys have been so successful at home. What's what's been the key to that? Um, it's the environment. It's the fan base. It's it's everything. You know, it's everything that that goes into that. And uh, we're, we're you know that means a lot to us. Is, is you know how much the fans are into it and how much 
um, you know, love that they show us on every Saturday. And, you know, the, the environment, we feed off of it. And you can tell this team really has. And we've jumped out to early leads, and we want to hopefully do that this game and, 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 you know, continue the momentum that we have at home and, and use, use the crowd to our advantage because it is, it is truly a, a home field advantage. What does scoring first mean for you guys? It's big. I think we've only deferred like one time this whole year, and we we like to take the ball first and set the tone and go down and get a get an early score. Um, and when we do that, I mean we're majority of the time pretty successful. So it's a, it's a good tone setter. I like getting the ball first because you know just go out and, and set the tone for the game and and um, make some good plays to start it off. It's it's big for momentum and college football's a game of momentum. So. And now it's time for the one and only Ryan Gilbert, fresh off a trip to paradise, the Bahamas. He was hanging out in the Bahamas with the basketball team and the beautiful people, but he's rejoined us commoners here in Kansas to talk about the odds around the Big 12 this final, final football weekend of the college football season. And it's very exciting, Gills, because we have two Friday games. We're not messing around. Yeah. Let's buckle in. What are we going to do if they ever play Thursday games? I hope it's not Kansas State. That would suck. Here we go. First game of the weekend. It is on Fox. It is Oklahoma playing host to TCU, one of the more confusing teams in this conference. Um, Oklahoma's a 10-point favorite, much like K-State is, close to what K-State is at home against Iowa State. Uh, Gills, I find TCU very confusing, but I also don't think Oklahoma's playing its best football right now. Yeah, we can both agree on that at OU. Uh, maybe is a little overrated, overvalued, things of that nature at this point in time. But with this game being on a Friday, like you mentioned, at 11 a.m., this is going to be an early kickoff um, in Norman. So I would kind of favor the home team just because of that short week that tech, uh, that TCU is going to be facing. So it's nothing necessarily that I like about either team or dislike about either team. I just am I'm going to give Oklahoma the edge with the 10 points and think that the Sooners can cover just based off of the circumstances of the of the week you, you've shown your lack of knowledge in the field of science because if there's one thing known the horn frogs bounce back it's a, it's a dad joke okay let's move on to uh texas uh playing host to texas tech of course texas is number seven they're 10 and one they're leading the big 12 by a a full game they're 12 and a half point favorites uh, the Red Raiders have been a thorn in their side. They got them last year. Irony being that loss at Lubbock might have let K-State, did let K-State in to the Big 12 title game because that's the one that got away for Texas last year and broke the tie for K-State in favor of the Wildcats. Can they do it again? Can Tech come to the rescue of the Kansas State Wildcats once again? You're a K-State fan, you're... You're rooting for Tech here, without a doubt. Um, 12 and a half points. That's a lot of points for a yeah. Texas Tech team that has been respectable. Three wins in a row. I get it. Texas has won five in a row as well. But uh, the Red Raiders, have, like I said, they've been solid. They've been hot as of late. You know, this season's absolutely not over. So uh, I'm going to go with Texas Tech here, A, eh? yep. because uh, that's kind of who we might be rooting for here. I know we're not fans, Fitz, but. I think that will be good for business. Maybe not yeah. the travel budget, but <laughs> uh, good for the website and traffic and all that. So, obviously, well, Texas Tech, we want them to win. Texas has struggled the last three weeks. Absolutely. And, and they, they've won close games, one-score games. Um, maybe the short week does make 
Texas the favorite here by that many, but I, I think Tech will play it close. I don't think Tech wins. Now, if you're a K-State fan, uh, Friday's huge. If Oklahoma and Texas win, you're not going to the Big 12 championship, period. Um, the best course for that is if Texas loses, and of course, K-State has to win on Saturday, but if come the end of Friday, if OU and Texas are celebrating victories, uh, you're off to the bowl game after Iowa State, so that that is very interesting. Let's get Saturday started with Houston and UCF. This game is in Orlando. UCF is fighting for bowl eligibility. They're 5-6, and six, Houston's 4-7, and seven, and UCF is a 13.5-point favorite. I think this has turned into a pretty decent um, team down in Orlando. I think they cruise here. You would think. Um, mm-hmm. Houston's not playing for anything right now. UCF is playing for a bowl. So uh, that's kind of the only angle that I have. I, I agree, Fitz. UCF certainly looks like the better team. Um, so 13.5 points is a, is, a, is a decent amount. So I don't have a strong you know, feel either way on this game, but certainly would lean UCF just off of, those circumstances here in this game, you know, here in the final week, it's, it's always tricky, you know, which teams are bought in, which teams aren't. It appears UCF <clears throat> would, would be a, a team that wants to win more right now. I'm bought in on the Citronauts. Just change your nickname. <laughs> BYU at Oklahoma state, another game K-State fans should be tracking. Um, not if OU and Texas win on Friday, doesn't matter. Uh, BYU's five and six also fighting for bowl eligibility. That's an interesting storyline because uh, this has been a long season for that version of the Cougars. Oklahoma State at eight and three is tied with Kansas State. 2.30 p.m. on ABC. Wow, Oklahoma State's grown up to a 17-point favorite. I find that hard to believe because O-State isn't playing that well. It's really hard to believe when you look at you know, UCF a couple of weeks back, right? You looked at that line and we were all, I went in the world and now Oklahoma state's back up to 17. I, I just think that's too high. BYU. Um, and they can keep this game close. Oklahoma state get this fits on the season has only won one game. And this is non-conference and big 12 play only won one game by 17 points or more. So while they have a, a pretty respectable record, sure. A lot of those games have been close <clears throat> and a handful of them have, you know, been within, you know, two touchdowns, but, Oklahoma State's just not blowing any teams out. So I'll go with BYU. Uh, they got five wins, right, fighting for bowl eligibility. And yep. so, again, you know, teams – Fitz, I, I would love to get a former player's opinion on this, right? But how often do teams, you know, at five wins really want to get that sixth win? I feel like, yeah, most of the time they do. But uh, I think if you're – ready to move on, you know? I think if you're a program with high expectations, it, it's harder to get your team up. Uh, but for BYU coming in to the Big 12 this season, they've ran into some obstacles. I think they have the pride, um, as does TCU. I think, you know, that, yeah, it's been a down year compared to last year, but I think they still have the pride to get there. We'll we'll find out. Good point, um, yeah. West Virginia hits the road to go to Baylor. Um, Baylor's 3-8, and eight, Gilbert. It's not been a good year in Waco uh, and West Virginia is seven to four and West Virginia is an eight and a half point favorite on the Bears home field ouch yeah um, I think West Virginia rolls though I, I agree yep I think West Virginia is not getting any respect here <clears throat> um, Baylor's only covered in two games all year so that's the worst in the big 12 and West Virginia like we've mentioned here with a lot of these games the Mountaineers are just playing for more right now they're playing for I don't know the Pop-Tarts Bowl or this bowl or that bowl. They're playing for something. Baylor is not. Yes. 
That's a very good point. Kansas, 25th-ranked Jayhawks, uh, coming off a really great effort against K-State. Uh, go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's also 3-8. and eight. Scott Satterfield has stunk up the world while his former team is going to play for an ACC title. Maybe a bad hire. Um, KU's a 6.5-point favorite on the road. This is uh, if Texas and Oklahoma, certainly Texas, loses. This is a sneaky, important game for K-State fans, they actually need KU to win this game uh, to layer in something on uh, tiebreakers. I think they do win, but um, it, it might be really close, six and a half points. What do you think? I think KU showed us enough um, that they can be competitive regardless sure. of, of who's that quarterback. But, again, you know, some of that stuff is now on tape. And, um, you know, teams that have a really good week and they lose – maybe take a step back, but I've got a hard time putting my money on Cincinnati. Their season's over after Saturday. And yeah. so, but again, you know, you got seniors on your team. I hate to, you know, use this talking point for all these games, but it really is so prominent in the final week of the season. Who's bought in, who's not. So again, exactly. KU playing for something, Cincinnati, not. Okay. Iowa state comes to Manhattan. The clones are six and five overall. The cats are eight and three. It is Farmageddon. It's nine and a half point favorite as we look at it right now for the cats. Saturday night, 7 p.m. on Fox. Some tickets are still available, Gills. You, you want to buy 300 tickets to a game? Sure. You, okay. I'll, I'll Sold. Sound good. Gene, Gene Taylor, call around. Gilbert, he's got it. Oh, you <laughs> said expense it? Oh, crap. Uh, do the cats cover nine and a half, win by double digits? Something winning by double digits that's not done often in this series i'll say yes for kansas state but first things first we've i'm sure you guys have talked about the weather here in the first couple segments right that's going to make an impact on this game and so that usually if it's snowing stuff like that certainly favors a low scoring game which would of course favor the underdog of double digits or nine and a half right so that's one reason that you want to be cautious about this game but kansas state at home hasn't every game they've played has been won by double digits. There hasn't even been a game in the single digits. And so I get it. Iowa State might be the best team to play inside of Bill Snyder Family Stadium all year long. And that says a lot about the the quality of opponents that have come into to Manhattan. But, man, I just can't bet against K-State with history. You know, why would you not um, back K-State here to win by uh, a field goal and a touchdown, right? I get I get it. The weather's going to be tough. It's all these, – these games are always very physical – Chris Kleiman mentioned the physicality of this rivalry with Matt Campbell. He's got respect for that coach up there in Ames and, yep. and all that, but it really boils down to this fits, man. Like I talked about this last week with the game against KU on the road, right? It just, these numbers are so night and day different when Kansas state plays on the road versus at home. So I think K state's in a good spot to, to, to win in a blowout. Yep. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowing. But thoughts of Ryan Gilbert will warm your heart if you're in the stands. Ryan Gilbert, thank you so much. I'll be uh, there in the, the stands with my 300 tickets, right? Yes. Well, no, you don't. You still got to work. You got to <laughs> oh, be in the press. You still, you, the problem is, is you don't have 300 friends. You don't have three. That's it for Gilbert. I'm, I'm going to make him go away now. Uh, go do your other job. Trash is piling up on the streets. Thank you, Ryan Gilbert. We always have a lot of fun with you. People think I'm too mean to him. I'm not mean enough. I think that's pretty clear. He's pretty mean to me. Oh, it doesn't matter. Hey, this is the final regular season episode of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Those eight and three Wildcats do meet the six and five Cyclones in Farmageddon 
on Saturday night at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, 7 p.m. kick. And if you're stranded at home with family and friends and all warm and comfy, well, good for you. You have to listen to Tim Brando on a Fox broadcast, but it will be shown nationally on Fox. So wherever you are, you should be able to see the game. And of course, you can always sync up the K-State Radio Network with Wyatt and Stan and listen that way. It's been a fun season to cover the Wildcats and it hasn't gone the way we expected in, in three games in particular. Wildcats were flat against Oklahoma State. They were outplayed in some ways, and meaning they Missouri made more plays, including that game-winning field goal. And then Texas, they got off the mat, came back slugging, and just couldn't quite get the knockout. They are with three losses, totaling 14 points. But they are 8-3 going into this game with the 6-5 and five Cyclones as we wrap up this season, at least in terms of home games. And remember, as I mentioned, keep an eye on those Friday games. If Texas and Oklahoma both win on Friday, K-State's chances of the Big 12 championship appearance are gone. Texas loses. It gets very interesting in this conference because it could be headed for a logjam of a tiebreaker that the Big 12 will have to sort out. And honestly, if you've been following my daily delivery videos, I don't have any faith they'll get it right. They don't seem to understand their own tiebreakers. But all K-State can do to make that a problem for the Big 12 is win. And winning is good no matter if you're going to get to the Big 12 championship or not. It's going to be a fun weekend of football around the Big 12 as some teams are fighting for bowl eligibility and other teams are fighting to get to Arlington. We'll see what happens. But here in the bill, it's Farmageddon. And your one thing to watch is pretty much been the barometer of how K-State will play this season. Check out those first two, maybe three drives for the Kansas State offense and, and also for the Kansas State defense if they get stops. Can Kansas State open up a lead on Iowa State? It's something the Wildcats have done in virtually every home game. Score first, score early, back it up with more points, and make the visiting team play from behind in a very hostile environment. We'll see if K-State can do that again. Reminder, there are still some tickets available. Let's get this thing sold out at the bill as the Cats play the Clones the final regular season of 2023, and it flew by. And remember, folks, it's going to be snowing. It's going to be cold. Bundle up, but it could be a really cool experience to be at the bill as K-State wraps up the season and wraps up and salutes the home field seasons and careers of some great seniors. And remember, folks, 7 p.m. kick, and at that time, I'm going to see you at the bill. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.